You're listening to the American Alpine Club podcast. We're sending it to the polls this midterm election. Are you? In this mini episode of the podcast, we sat down with the AAC's policy director to discuss why voting matters this midterm election, the issues impacting climbers, and how your vote helps you have a say, and things to keep in mind when you vote this November 8th, or whenever it is you send in your ballot. We keep it short and sweet since we know it can be overwhelming, so sit tight for the quick hits. Okay, on the podcast today, we have our policy director again. Um, Taylor, could you introduce yourself and remind people what you do for the club? Sure. I'm Taylor Luneau, and uh, I'm the policy director for the American Alpine Club. Uh, I run our advocacy shop here and work on a variety of things like public lands management, advocating for climate change action, and uh, working on behalf of the climate community on a variety of things. So great to be back on the podcast, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Cool. And today we're talking about Senate to the polls, which is our nonpartisan get out the vote. We're trying to get climbers to go voting because we know that climbers will vote for things that matter to climbers. Right. Um, but before we get into that, why voting matters, um, what issues are on our mind what, this voting season? Let's just start loosen things up a little bit with something fun. We're going to play this or that. OK. And basically, I'm going to give you two options and you're going to pick one off the top of your head really fast. Um, we're doing this because. Taylor is the type of policy expert who gets two in the weeds too often. So we're just going to get it really simple, really fast. You ready to start, Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. This is okay. like, yeah, this is like my worst nightmare, but <laughs> my my goal is to not delay. I'm going to do it as quickly as possible. Fire away. Okay. Crimp or sloper? Crimp. Sport or trad? Trad. Rock or ice? Ice. Ooh. Greater climate impact, precipitation or wildfire? Ooh, wildfire. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Lace-ups or Velcro? Lace-ups. Run-out or windy and exposed? Oh, give me the wind. No run-out. <laughs> <laughs> Write your senators or call them? Call them. Crack gloves, cheating or fair game? Oh, 100% fair game. Come on. <laughs> okay. I want to climb every day. I'm going to wear those gloves. <laughs> um, climate mitigation or adaptation? Ah, uh, that's the uh. <laughs> You have to say both. That one's that one's say both. <laughs> I'll say adaptation because our recent project, our recent climate research uh, that's coming out soon, is very focused on adaptation for mountain guides. So let's go with that. Okay, static or dynamic climbing? Dynamic. Okay, and now the softball: vote or not vote? Vote. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, let's just start with. Um, Kind of what's the idea behind why the AAC is involved in Send It to the Polls? Why did we create this campaign and we, why are we trying to get climbers to commit to vote for the midterms? Why is the mid voting in the midterms so important? And then why is it important for climbers to be voting? The reason why it's important to vote is because whoever's in power sets the agenda. And if we want our interests included in what the agenda is and what money is getting a, a, like appropriated to or what's being addressed, then we have to vote the people into power that actually care about our issues. And this is the number one way that we can actually do that. We can 
vote for folks who share our ideologies, our thoughts, our needs, and understand our agenda, and we can get them elected into positions and then continue to work with them to move things forward like conserving public lands. Like we've been working on a public lands package for years now, and I was excited to see that Senator Bennett and other folks like Joe Neguse and Senator Hickenlooper were joined by President Biden and the chair, Brenda Mallory, for the Council on Environmental Quality, came all out to Colorado last week to designate Camp Hale as a national monument. And that's really exciting. And there's, you know, that's just one small piece of this bill that we've been working on for years called the Colorado Outdoor Recreation and Economy Act. And that would protect 400,000 acres of public lands across uh, the state of Colorado. And that's just one bill in a whole package of bills that would include, I think, you know, almost a dozen states across the West. But you need to vote people into office that are actually going to take action on those issues. Same thing with climate change. I mean, people have been talking about climate change for decades, and we're only now starting to make massive investments like with the Inflation Reduction Act. Those are just small steps, and there's a lot more that we need to do. So as climbers, like the people who we vote into office are going to have a direct impact on the places where we recreate, our future, our kids' future, and it's just wildly important for us to vote. The other thing I would say is why is it important to vote in midterms? Midterms have historically had super low turnout. It's pretty consistent that in the general election, only about half of you know, like the American population actually shows up to vote, which is wild to me to think about. It's like you have a direct uh, line for you know putting people into power that can you can pick up the phone and call and say, hey, this is an important issue to me. Will you take action on this? Um, and in the midterms, it's actually much, much lower. I think it's like 30%. I was at a card writing event last night, writing cards for a local office here, just trying to like encourage people in La Plata County to actually show up and go vote. And the numbers that they had was about 40%. And that, you know, 40% of people showing up to vote, you know, says two things to me. One, turnout in, in midterm elections is like, it, it's very sad. It should be a lot higher than that. But two, if you think about it, proportionally, your vote has a greater impact in midterms. It's almost kind of em empowering in a sad way, because what it, you know, what it really means is like, fewer people are voting. So if I go vote during the midterm, I'm going to have a bigger impact on who actually gets voted into office. So until that number starts to creep up, you know, right now, proportionally, your vote is, you know, has a bigger impact than it does in the general election, which is wild to think about. Yeah. And actually, so one thing that the AAC researched before we started this campaign, sent it to the polls was whether we even needed to be doing this, do we need to be encouraging climbers to get to the polls or were they already doing that? And I think we, if I'm correct, we figured out that most climbers are already registered to vote, but maybe necessar aren't necessarily voting in the midterms. So I think that's really interesting to think about like a lot of climbers are already ready to engage in democracy in this, in this way, specifically through voting, but maybe not the midterms isn't top of mind. And so I think that's why we've kind of been harping on this. The midterms are so important element, right? Yeah. And, you know, the other thing to think about too is, you know, your state's senator might be a little bit more difficult to reach, but your congressman or woman is, you know, usually in your backyard, they host town halls, like they're a bit more accessible. Uh, and all 435 seats, however many House seats, are up for election this year. So the House, you know, midterm elections 
you know, Congress gets reelected every two years, whereas the Senate it has this weird cycle where, you know, some basically like your senator might be voted in for six years, essentially. But, you know, there's like some states, only a third of the Senate is up for election within each cycle. So, you know, it's kind of important who you vote for because you're going to be stuck with that person for a while. And to your your previous point about like climbers actually showing up to vote, it is true that, you know, we did some some uh, a study a little while back and surveyed a lot of climbers in our annual climbing survey. And we found that, you know, more than I think it was like 95 percent of, of, of climbers that responded to that were saying that they were registered to vote and intended to vote in the general election. And we asked them again afterwards whether or not they did vote, and many of them said yes. So it seems like our voting block within the climbing community is super active, which is great. I think just in general, the outdoor quote unquote voting block is super active. But, you know, there's a big sector of the outdoor community that's pretty transient. I know for me, like, November 8th, like is a great time to be in Indian Creek, which is quite <laughs> difficult to, you know, run into Moab to go drop off your ballot. But thankfully, I live in a state where they mail us our ballot it came in the mail today. And so I'll be filling it out after this podcast. And, uh, and then going down, probably I'll just hand deliver it right to our Dropbox and, uh, and put it in the mail. So I think, yes, we're super active voting block. But, you know, it's worth us taking the time to make sure that our community is showing up because we're a big group and <laughs> we can have a really big impact, especially, yeah, especially at the local level, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could give us some insight on some issues that the at least the American Alpine Club is thinking about, you know, as climber priorities. In the past, you've written about, you know, public lands, climate change, and even judicial appointees as impacting climber priorities. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I can. So there's a lot of reasons why the midterm election is going to have a big impact on climbing communities' priorities. So yeah, you listed off a couple. So we'll start with public lands to, to talk about that. I mentioned it already, but I'll say it again. You know, we've been working with our partners at the Outdoor Alliance for years on uh, a whole host of things, including public lands protections. And there's this massive public lands bill that has been it's basically all these different conservation initiatives that have been scooped up into this one big package. And the CORE Act, which I previously mentioned, is one of those. There's another one in Colorado called Protecting, uh, sorry, uh, the Colorado Wilderness Act, which has then been grouped into this bigger thing called a Protecting America's Wilderness Act. And there's all sorts of things in there. There's protections for the Grand Canyon. There's protections for this area that we've talked a lot about via the Alpine Club about Pine Mountain, this bill called the Central Coast Heritage Protection Act would actually create a, a wilderness area right near Pine Mountain. There's the Northern California bill. There's a whole bunch of other bills. Basically, there's a whole bunch of opportunity for us to conserve really unique and, and historically rich, culturally sensitive, and ecologically important landscapes that could be done if we had people in office that were willing to prioritize that and make it you know, a top-line initiative. And I see this as an opportunity to get commitments from the people who we're voting for, and then to encourage them early on in their, in their next uh, cycle to really put that at the front of, the, of their list. So public lands, I, I do feel like is something that, you know, it should be a top priority for a lot of us. I mean, I think 60% of our climbing areas across the country uh, from a study that the Access Fund did 
exist based on, on public lands. So many of our climbing areas are found, you know, on Forest Service lands, BLM lands, in national parks, and uh, and so we want elected officials that have a priority for those. S- same, you know, same thing. If you think about, okay, like yeah, we can conserve those places, but we also need to have agencies that are well funded to actually like steward those places. So, you know, it we start to get into the nitty gritty of appropriations and where money, uh, you know, gets spent. And we want, you know, people who are in office that actually are willing to, you know, provide the Forest Service with an appropriate budget so that they can actually steward that in an appropriate manner. Part of that comes back to, you know, making sure that the agency is well staffed and so that they can work with organizations like the American Alpine Club and, you know, you know, put forward the best management protocols that they can and make sure that they have time to actually interface with climbers and, you know, do a really robust environmental analysis before they make decisions. All of that really comes back to whether or not Congress allocates money to the agency so that they have the ability to to do the work that's necessary. So, you know, on the public lands front, I think that that's a big one. It certainly like can be a divisive topic, especially like down near where I live in Durango, uh, it's, you know, southeastern Utah has been kind of a hot spot for this topic with, you know, Bears Ears being kind of a political football over the past couple of years. You know, we were all really excited and, uh, and celebrated when President Biden uh, redesignated Bears Ears as a national monument. And we want to see that place, you know, continue to be well protected and stewarded in the future. And certainly there are folks who have their opinions about national monument designations in general, but the thing that we're excited about is that you know we want to see uh, protections for these landscapes in the long run, and we think that they, we, there there are folks out there that are running that can help us achieve those goals. So we just want to make sure that climbers are aware of that. The rest of your question was about climate change and and some of the other issues. Yeah, I wonder if you could give us a little more detail about maybe the what bills or potentially could be passed if the right people are uh, towards climate change action if the right people were representing climbers? I think just in general, I think the Inflation Reduction Act was great. I mean, it was the nation's largest investment in climate change ever. I mean, it was billions with a B dollars. And uh, and that money gets allocated in a whole variety of ways. But, you know, really the work's kind of just starting with that. And a lot of, again, coming back to like where money gets spent, you know, a lot of decisions are going to need to be made about where where that funding goes, how it's appropriately allocated, and, uh, and you know what what actual investments are going to have impacts on communities down the road, and so you need people who are like mindful and believers of you know climate change, and and so that's kind of a, a big and important thing to make sure that you know if you uh, if you want to see action on climate in your area, then you need to make sure that your elected official does too. And you know I don't need to get all doom and gloom, but you know I wrote about it in the summit register uh, recently, and I guess that was issue six where. Who who characterized it as this? I forget who who wrote it, but basically, precipitation extremes are now feast or famine due to climate change, which is I think just like a perfect analogy for this. And it's kind of sad because you know we're seeing like thousand year floods in a dozen places across the country, and then places that I you know have historically been super wet, like Massachusetts and New England, are experiencing drought for their very first time, which is astounding to me. And then, you know, here in the Southwest, you know, wildfire has just become a consistent issue for many communities. I know that I was on a pre-evacuation line uh, here in Durango, a fire broke out above our town and it was super dry, super windy. And we thought, we thought we were going to lose our house. So, 
you know, that's, you know, just a few examples of like how climate is really revving up. If we wanted to like make it directly associated to climbing, I mean, we've all experienced what it's like when we go out to recreate and it's super um, smoky or, you know, it's insanely hot. It's becoming harder and harder to like predict these weather extremes. And so what we need, what we need in office are people who really are like willing to take you know, immediate action on this and not continue to punt it down the line. The other important thing to say there is like, you know, the folks who are going to be put into leadership positions, especially in the Senate, get to have a lot of say about, you know, who are, you know, who's confirmed to lead certain agencies. I mean, we've had conversations about who ends up, you know, as the secretary of the Department of Interior or, you know, the the chief of the Forest Service or the Bureau of Land Management. And those folks have a huge role to play in how we manage our public lands uh, to basically address carbon and climate change down the road. So if you think about it, it's like, again, coming back to like who gets elected in this cycle, they're going to have a big impact on actually like putting people into positions at agency level uh, including in the Council on Environmental Quality, and I just yeah, it's a, it's a it's a wildly important thing to to keep in mind when we're thinking about who we're voting for. And I guess like to your last point in terms of like judicial appointees and environmental regulation and all that stuff, we've all heard, or if you haven't, it's not a big deal. But I mean, you know, we've the Alpine Club has been working for the past almost three years now to restore protections afforded by the National Environmental Policy Act. And, you know, with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, there's been kind of like a, a side deal with permit reform. And there's there's some good to that and there's a lot of bad to that. The bad to that is like we could streamline permitting to the point where agencies are, are hamstrung and no longer able to do their homework uh, when it comes to doing environmental analyses and decisions get kind of like thrust forward without, you know, pro- appropriate review. And that is ultimately going to have terrible impacts on, you know, lower socioeconomic communities, on on tribes, uh, you know, on outdoor communities. And it, really what's going to happen is it's just, it, it's just not good. <laughs> it's just not good. Like we need to like maintain, you know, those sorts of environmental regulations to ensure that we're actually taking action on climate. I think the Wilderness Society had a, a study done several years ago, and they found that about 25% of our nation's carbon footprint actually comes from public land. So, you know, the big, some of, there's like a big chunk that we can a- accomplish in, in addressing climate change by just managing our public lands really well. And that again, comes back to how we, you know, generate energy and like whether or not we're, you know, continuing to lease tons and tons of oil and gas wells and those types of things. So that's just like one thing to consider about like how places get managed, who gets put into positions of, of power that are basically appointed by these committees that senates and you know house you know house judicial committees and whatever put you know put people into the last thing yeah you mentioned judicial appointees i uh, you know there there's so many reasons to care about judicial appointees and i feel like they kind of get you know, pushed into the the background oftentimes but you know like the supreme court's received a ton, a ton of attention over the past 4 years which i think is really exciting uh, i think you know a couple things that have happened over the the, the past four years is like, I feel like we've all been given a civics lesson about what's, what's legal, what isn't, what's a gray area. And I continually am like surprised about like how, you know, what, like what hasn't been challenged yet in our world. But one thing that, you know, I think is important for us to remember is who, whoever gets to decide who is actually, you know, in, you know, elected to a, or, or a 
appointed to a Supreme Court position or a lower court position, oftentimes environmental groups like the American Alpine Club are interfacing with those folks, and they have kind of a final say on whether or not our claims are, are valid, whether or not you know we have a you know a chance in court. And so I just think it's important to think about the long history of impact that will come after you know judicial appointees are made. So I, I wrote about that in the summit register. I don't need to go too much deeper into that. But yeah, the West the West Virginia EPA case is one of the things that I cited in that article. And the the ultimate ruling from that is is it's just it's been it's created some really big hurdles for the government's ability to address climate change. And again it comes back to you know who you know who's who's been put in power uh, over the past four years, and who's going to be able to make decisions in the future. So those are just a few things that I think are worthwhile for climbers to consider when we move forward. I guess I would finish with this as you know, I guess like a, fi- a final thought. Like you know, what oftentimes happens if you live in a state where you don't have a male in uh, a male in ballot, and I have lived in states like that in the past. You know, I'll I'll like go to websites ahead of time and, you know, I'll review information that is, is provided about the different candidates that are in my state. And, uh, you know, I'll review if there's like a ballot measure or things like that. But ultimately, when I get into the ballot box, I, I, ha- I have been in a situation before where I've just felt fully overwhelmed. And been like, oh, man, I should have done more homework before I got here because now I'm just like, you know, either, you know, I'm voting blind or, you know, I like, I just like don't understand what this ballot measure is. And I feel like probably a lot of people have experienced that. I know certainly when I was younger, like that was an experience that I had. And what's important for folks to remember is like, if you just, if you just take the, you know, the couple of hours ahead of time to sit down and really review some of these issues, go to trusted sources, you know, talk to friends and family, uh, vet the information that you've had several times, like do, do your homework. And then when, when you actually show up in the polls and actually cast that ballot, you feel like, I don't know, you just like, you, you feel really confident in the decision that you've made. The way that we characterize it in the summit register was like, don't sandbag yourself. <laughs> like take, take the time to read the topo at the base. So you don't run out on like, a, a, you know, end up on a run out slab with like no gear. And I, I think it's a perfect analogy for voting. And thankfully, like, again, uh, I can sit down after this podcast and I can look at all these different things and I can really take the time to deliberate over what it is that I feel like is the appropriate decision. And I can go to candidates' websites. I can review some of the town halls. I can listen to the discussions. The information is out there. And so take the time to like review that stuff and make sure that you feel confident when you go cast your ballot. Yes. I hope people get psyched. Don't be sandbagged. Don't sandbag yourself. (laughs) We've been there before. Don't do it. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Thank you, Taylor, so much for offering these insights. As our listeners heard, we referenced the summit register issue six a a number of times. So if you are interested in reading more, we have a couple articles on our website in the summit register that give you some more details about what the AAC is thinking about when it comes to voting, um, what issues are on our mind in terms of what climbers are prioritizing. And that's a resource for you. Awesome. Well, thanks, Taylor. Yeah, so good to be here. Uh, Love the quick chat with you about voting. And everybody go vote. Today's show was hosted by me, Hannah Provo, and produced by Sierra McGivney and Shane Johnson. 
If you want to commit to vote and vote the crag this midterm election, join us in sending it to the polls at AmericanAlpineClub.org vote. If you want to learn more from the AAC about what policies and issues are facing climbers, how your vote impacts climber priorities on a national and local level, read our most recent issue of the Summit Register at AmericanAlpineClub.org summit register.